Due to the graphic nature of this podcast, listener discretion is advised. This podcast may contain, but is not limited to, strong language, sexual content, violence, and death. This podcast may not be suitable for listeners under 18. Hi there, I'm Christina. And I'm Crystal. Welcome, Welcome to, to Crime, Crime Night. Night. Tonight's episode is about the Watts family murders. Shanann Watts Nierusik was born on January 10, 1984 in Passaic County, New Jersey. Her parents were Frank and Sandra Ruzak, and she had a younger brother named Frankie. Uh, they were raised in Aberdeen, North Carolina, and while attending the Pinecrest High School in Southern Pines, North Carolina, Shanann met her first husband, Leonard King, um, and they ended up getting married in either 2002 or 2003. However, they went through an awful divorce, and that ended during the years of 2007 and eight. The relationship took everything out of her. Her life goal was to buy a house. However, at the age of 25, which was in 2009, she worked as hard as she could and saved all of her money and ended up building her first house all by herself. She was eventually diagnosed with lupus. And around this time, she went from being a happy, energetic young lady to feeling sick all the time. She had a lot of flu-like symptoms. She was um, losing her hair and just overall felt miserable. Um, at that time, she did find out it was lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, which causes inflammation and affects your joints, your skin, blood cells, kidney, heart, and lungs. And 2010, she was at a low point in her life, and she received a Facebook request from a man named Chris Lee Watts. As she accepted the friend request, as she felt they were unlikely to me, and since she had a lot of Facebook friends already. It was just uh, another friend. She didn't think really anything of it. Chris Watts was born on May 16th of 1985 in North Carolina to Ronnie and Cindy Watts, and they lived in Spring Lake, North Carolina, which was about 40 minutes from where Shannon was. Initially, Chris was the first to make a move and Shannon tried to kind of push him away um, but eventually in November 3rd of 2012 they actually got married in Mecklenburg County North Carolina. Um, Chris's parents did not attend the wedding and it's reported that his mom and sister were not fans of Shannon and felt that she was bossy and that she took Chris away from them as they moved to Colorado after they had got married. Um, in Colorado, they did purchase a five-bedroom house in 2013, which was located in Frederick, Colorado. The address was like 2825 Saratoga Trail or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was in an upscale, nice neighborhood. Chris worked in Anadarko Petroleum in Denver, Colorado. And Shannon worked from home for an MLM company named Lavelle, um, which had a product called like Thrive, which was a basically a weight loss product. Um, and with that, she was constantly on social media and she was considered a social media maven. Yeah, I look up those little patches and they're just like, it looks like a little band-aid that you put on you and mm -hmm. you just leave it on and then like you just 
continuously change them, you know, what it says. It's like, it's like, like a, a plan. nicotine you, patch. Yeah, exactly. It kind of is like a plan that you, you go with so you can kind of see how many days you want to go with if you just want to do for a week or a month or three months or what have you. So um, how's it supposed to help you lose weight? I don't know. It has like nutrients in it or something like that, like stuff that your body doesn't normally get and it's supposed to make you not feel as hungry and stuff like that. And I just kind of looked into it real quick. Shanann and Chris ended up having children, which she didn't think she was going to be able to because of the, the lupus that she had. Um, she had, they had two girls. One was Bella Marie and she was born on December 17th in the year of 2013. She wanted to be Elsa when she grew up, which I thought was really cute. <laughs> and then Celeste Catherine, um, also known as Cece, she was born on July 17th, 2015. And then Shanann was reported to be 15 weeks pregnant at the time of her murder with a boy that was going to be named Nico Lee. In June of 2015, shortly before Cece was born, they did file for bankruptcy. At the time, they were making a combined income of $90,000, which was reported in 2014. They had a lot of credit cards at, medical bills, and student loans. They were paying $3,000 a month for mortgage and $600 for a car payment. From the outside, they did look like, you know, the perfect family. Yeah, they did. They were a nice little family. Yeah, just your typical, like... 2.5 <laughs> yeah, yeah, your typical 2.5 suburban family there you go on june 11 2018 shanann wanted to surprise chris with her pregnancy um so she did a little pregnancy announcement for him that she recorded and posted in on facebook she had a t-shirt that she wore that said oops we did it again and she left the pregnancy stick it looked like it was on the counter where she had it so when he came in the door he noticed it and picked it up and he realized that she was pregnant and he just kind of responded, wow. So I don't know how excited he was or wasn't. On June 14th, so just a few days later, Chris met a woman named Nicole Kessinger. Uh, she was a 30-year-old Colorado native and she was also a co-worker of Chris's. Uh, they began talking and he actually entered her information into his phone that day as well. On June 17th of 2018 was Father's Day and Shanann posted a tribute to Chris on Facebook and the post read, Chris, we are so incredibly blessed to have you. You do so much every day for us and take such great care of us. You are the reason why I was brave enough to agree to number three. From laundry to kids' showers, you are incredible, and we are so lucky to have you in our lives. Happy Father's Day. Now, at this particular point in time, Chris also told Nicole that he was married with kids, but they were separated. Uh, Chris did not wear a wedding ring, and that was kind of an indication that Nicole believed him, so she decided to go ahead and go forward with the relationship between the two of them. On June 19th, Shanann posted her first ultrasound pic stating that Chris was the best dad us girls could ask for. On June 27th of 2018, Shanann, Bella, and Cece go to North Carolina for a family vacation. 
uh, they go and they stay with her parents and they're there to visit family and friends that they haven't seen for a while. Uh, Shanann's father, Frank, went um, to Colorado to help her fly down to North Carolina with the kids and being pregnant. It was going to be a little stressful for her, so he came to help her. And Chris ended up staying at home so he could work, but he was going to join them for the last week of their trip so then he could see family and friends that he hasn't seen for a while either. So during this time frame, Chris kind of changed and he became kind of distant and stopped responding to text messages and wasn't really calling and checking in and seeing how everybody was doing or anything like that. So that kind of, that kind of bothered Shanann that he wasn't checking in on them. Um, now at this point in time as well, Nicole questioned Chris about his divorce and he said that the divorce was mutual and it was almost final. And Chris and Nicole decided that this was the time frame to move forward. And they became a little bit more serious to the point to where they were seeing each other like up to five times a week. On the 4th of July that year, Nicole actually went to Chris's house for the first time to set up his diet, weight loss, and exercise goals. Um, Chris later told the police that he invited her for lunch and that after they ate, Nicole left. I find that kind of strange that she would go to his house knowing that his family still lives there. I don't know if, you know, at that point, I think she would have just gathered that they were separated, but there was no talk of her living anywhere else. So, I mean, I just kind of find it a little disrespectful that she went to the house where his wife and children are still living. Well, even if he told her that... You know, they didn't live together. Wouldn't it seem kind of weird yeah. if he had pictures of her? Because in the like in the house, there was pictures of them. Yeah, up. family pictures. They have family yeah. pictures, and that's just kind of weird. Kind of strange. Anyway, um, that day, Chris had actually woken up at Nicole's house with several missed phone calls from Shanann. And he actually went home in case she had called back. At this point, Nicole realized that um, Shanann would always be around as they had kids together, and she was kind of mad that he would put, you know, them first before her. And she actually told Chris that she didn't want to see him for the rest of the day. However, she did end up inviting him over to her house later that day, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to put your kids first, regardless of, of the situation. I mean, most most people would be like, there's no no questioning that. It's You're always going to put the kids first, well, so they're always going to be around. And the ex-wife, would she eventually would become an ex-wife or what have you, would be around as well. Well, I don't know that he would put his kids first, because clearly. I know. However, most people, I would think, would. Can't speak for everybody, but I would think most people would. I don't think he did. My mm, either. So on July 7th was the first phone call between Chris and Nicole that was actually recorded um, indicating on their phone records. And on July 10th of 2018, that's when the tension started between Chris and Shanann. Uh, there was a text that was sent from Shanann to Chris that said, you okay? It's like you don't want to talk. I keep trying to talk and have to dig it out of you. 
Watts replies, Yeah, I'm fine. The last few days of work have put a lot of responsibility on me with new people. I don't mean to be short, boo. I love you. Shanann responded, I miss you, and I feel like you just want to work out and run. And Chris kind of claims that running, it clears his head, and it's a way to free it all. Shanann didn't buy that excuse. I wish my husband wanted to talk to me, she stated as well. On July 14th, Chris took Nicole on a date to the Shelby American Collection, uh, which was a Mustang car museum in Boulder. Uh, Nicole also went to Chris's house for the second and the last time that she would go there. Shanann did try to call Chris four times while he was out with Nicole and he didn't answer any of her phone calls. Yeah, I don't think he was going to answer them. I mean, when you're out on a date with somebody else, I don't think you want to be answering the calls from your, from your wife and, and you kids. you explain things. Yep, got some explaining to do. Nicole sent Chris a semi-nude photo on July 18th. And Chris saved this photo with other photos and videos that he had in a little secret app on his phone titled Calculator. So Chris later told investigators that Nicole pursued him not him pursuing her. So that was kind of a big draw to him was for her to be pursuing him. On July 28th, Chris and Nicole visited the Great Sand Dunes National Park, which was approximately four to four and a half hours away from uh, Chris's house. And they spent the night at a nearby campground where they went uh, sandboarding together, which is Kind of like snowboarding, I guess, mm -hmm. on the sand. I yeah. don't know. I've yeah, I, I looked up in like a uh, video of it, and yeah, you're basically snowboarding on sand. So on July 30th of 2018, Chris gave Nicole a card. On the inside of the card, he wrote random lyrics from the song "Down to Earth" by Through the Roots. Now, this was apparently a song that she liked. So he started quoting it in the card that he gave her. Now, Cece had her third birthday party on uh, that date as well down in North Carolina. However, Chris's parents did not show up for the birthday party. So the next day on the 31st, Chris left to join Shanann in North Carolina and their reunion did not go very well. Um, Shannon actually forwarded a text message that she had originally sent to Chris to one of her friends, kind of um, seemed like an argument that they were having about his parents not not showing up to Cece's birthday party and how she felt that they didn't really treat their kids like they did their other grandchildren. There, it was just like a lot of tension between Shanann and Chris. Um, and Shanann actually confided in her best friend and co-worker Nicole Atkinson, um, who they called Nikki, about the fact that her marriage wasn't doing well and that Chris wasn't happy anymore. On August 4th, Shanann sent Chris a long text message about a situation that happened shortly after her and the girls arrived in North Carolina where there was tension between her and his parents. 
um, his mom had got ice cream to give to the girls that had nuts in it. And Cece is highly allergic to, to nuts. And everybody knows she is. However, she, his mom claimed to not know that she was allergic to them. Um, but there had been issues before this incident with them. So Chris's mom ended up kicking Shanann out of their house. Shanann also shared with her friend, Chris said that he would call his dad and set things right as well. While in North Carolina, Chris texted Nicole and told her that their divorce was final. And he asked for help to look for an apartment for him and his daughters. So that same day, which is, I think is kind of early on in their relationship, Nicole had a search history showing that she had been looking for wedding dresses for a couple hours um, on her phone. So after the family ended up returning from their vacation on either August 6th or 7th, according to Chris, he for some reason couldn't remember the exact date, though. Upon their return, their marriage kept getting worse, um, with Chris telling Shanann that he didn't want another child, um, despite her already being pregnant. Now, on August 9th, um, Chris went with her to an ultrasound appointment, and Shanann told her friends that he was kind of really cold towards her. She went to grab his hand, and he didn't wasn't holding her hand back or and stuff like that. Um, and she kind of offered for them to go to couples counseling, which he refused. So Shanann, with all this tension between the two of them, decided that she was just going to cancel the gender reveal party that she had scheduled. And the things just kept getting worse between the two of them. Shanann began to suspect that maybe Chris was cheating on him, despite thinking he didn't have it in him. On August 10th, uh, Nikki, Shanann's best friend and co-worker, picked her up at 4.30 in the morning for their business trip to Arizona. Uh, Chris stayed at home with the girls. And Shannon revealed that she and Chris had their quote-unquote best talk yet. As um, And she left a letter for Chris before heading to the airport where she told him that she missed him while she was in North Carolina without him. And revealed that he had actually told her that they fell out of compatibility uh, and Shanann also expressed that she wanted to work things out between the two of them. On August 11th, while Shanann was on her business trip, Chris hired a babysitter. And he told Shanann that he was going to go see the Colorado Rockies, which is a baseball game, which is about an hour away from where they are living. However, he actually went and met Nicole at the Lazy Dog Sports Bar and Grill in Erie, which is only 20 to 25 minutes away from his house. Now, Shanann received an alert um, during this time frame showing the charge from the Lazy Dog Sports Bar and Grill. Chris and Shanann kind of talked, and he said that, you know, he had a salmon dinner and a drink, and Shanann felt that it was a little too high for just that. So she looked up the menu and she added it up and said it should have been around $30, not the $62 that was actually charged on the card. 
So his timing also didn't match up with the baseball game from when she, you know, was speaking to him regarding the charge on the card. Okay, so on August 12th, Shanann drafted a speech um, for Chris and sent it to a friend to kind of get opinion. their opinion on it. Um, and the uh, speech read, can you please tell me something? Because just like you, I'm in my head. I try to fix things and make them better. And this is making me crazy. I know that you need time. I want to give you what you're asking for and respect your space. I need some time. This place that I'm in, in my head, is not a good place. It is not healthy for me or Nico. I need you to help me help you. I need you to give just a little bit of what I did or didn't do so I'm not going crazy in my head to figure it out. I know I can't fix this by myself, that we are going to have to work together. A storm also ended up delaying Shanann's flight home and at dinner with the other girls that she was on the work trip with, she actually talked to them about her marital problems, hoping for advice and support from them. On August 13th, 2018 would be the last time that Shanann, Bella, and Cece would be seen alive. Nikki dropped Shanann off at 1.48 a.m as indicated on the security camera footage. Nikki drove off after she made sure that Shanann made it into her house fine. When Shanann arrived home, Chris was sleeping and she woke him up before having sex with him. A little after 4 a.m., Shanann accused Chris of cheating on her, which started an argument. Chris eventually confessed to the affair, telling Shanann that their marriage won't last. Shanann told Chris that he won't be able to see the kids again, and then he claimed that he snapped and strangled Shanann. There were no signs that Shanann had fought back um, prior to her death. Bella woke up from the sounds of the argument, and she went into the parents' bedroom. And Bella asked Chris, what's wrong with mommy? Bella watched Chris wrap Shanann in a sheet before carrying her down the stairs. That just sounds so bad that somebody would just wrap the wife that they just murdered in front of their child in a sheet and just carry her out like like nothing, like carrying the laundry downstairs. Nate Trinistich, who was the neighbor's security camera, showed Chris at 5.17 a.m. backing up to load his work truck before leaving. Chris had never backed his truck up to the garage like that before, which Nate found to be suspicious. Um, Bella and Cece were in the back seat, laying on each other's lap, according to Chris. And Shanann was also in the back seat on the floor um, near the girls. Um, she was already dead at that point. The girls were both still alive. They then went to an oil site that Chris had been working at where he buried Shanann in a shallow grave in the nearby field. The girls then questioned what he had done to their mom. He then smothered Cece with a blanket in the back seat. Bella wasn't really sure what was going on with Cece. She's, you know, young and didn't fully understand exactly you know, what was happening. And he, after killing Cece, he dropped her into an oil tank before returning. When Bella asked him, you know, it's the same thing that happened to 
CC going to happen to me? And Chris then smothered Bella, who fought back. Her last words were, no daddy. And he then put Bella in a different oil tank from CC. Yeah, in the in the autopsy findings, it indicates that Bella was fighting back to where she was biting her own tongue, trying to be able to to get you know some air to, to breathe. breathe. Yeah, so it was seemed to be pretty bad. At ten ten a.m., Chris looked up the song lyrics to "Battery" by Metallica, and Nicole liked that song and asked him if he knew what that song meant. At twelve twenty-seven p.m. Chris was texting a realtor regarding the sale of the family home. Later that day, the realtor questioned why Shanann wasn't responding to the conversation. And Chris responded, I've done it all. Please start handling it now. Send prayers, please. Which is kind of odd. Mm -hmm. uh, Shanann's best friend, Nikki, who had been on the business trip to Arizona with her, was unable to get a hold of her. And she was supposed to, you know, be going to a doctor's appointment that day. So Nikki had been concerned. So she went to the house to check on Shanann and the girls since she was pregnant and hadn't been feeling well prior to that. Um, there was no answer at the door and no indication that anyone was home. Yeah, it was indicated on the trip that she just wasn't eating. She wasn't feeling well. So that her friends had actually force her to eat something while they were on this trip. And when they were at the house looking for Shanann, Nikki did notice that Shanann's car was in the garage, um, I'm assuming through a window since the door was locked. And Nikki did try to use the door code to get into the house, but they had like a, a door chain lock at the top of it as they had young children in the house and didn't want them, you know, to get out. So they had the door chain locked so they couldn't get into the house with just the door code. Um, Nikki was able to eventually get a hold of Chris, who said that Shanann took the girls to a play date. Yeah, but he couldn't remember who, so that was kind yeah, of weird. Yeah, but he never said who. Yeah. yeah, he never said who the play date was with or, like, he couldn't remember and... That's just kind of none of her very friends odd. knew which friend this was, right? That she was right. going to, yeah. Shannon also had a doctor's appointment. Um, and Nikki actually had called the office to find out if Shannon, you know, went to her appointment, but she was a no show, which was very unusual for her. So, Nikki did contact the police to ask for like a welfare check. And during this time span, at some point, Chris called Casey Rosenberg, another one of Shanann's friends, to see what was going on. Um, Casey did tell Chris that Nikki um, was contacting the police as they couldn't find Shanann. Um, Chris told Casey not to contact the police, that he didn't want the police involved. Nikki did end up calling the police. And Casey told Chris that he needed to get home because something was wrong and they couldn't find Shanann and nobody could figure out who, you know, this friend was that she was supposedly, you know, going to a play date with. Also, her car was still in the garage and they only had her car and then the truck that Chris had. Right. And she wasn't feeling well. So I think they were kind of also worried that maybe she had 
passed out or something, yes. you know, and mm -hmm. maybe would have hit her head. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, and Nikki also said yeah. that she had diabetes. I'm guessing from the pregnancy, there's a lot of yeah. health issues that women can get while being pregnant that could make you pass out or you know maybe you won't be able to get help right and with the lupus that's just a struggle in itself yeah so it's just added on compounded on that yeah so they were kind of worried that she maybe was passed out somewhere and couldn't hear anybody knocking or calling or anything mm -hmm. like that at all although when they did you know arrive to the house and they're trying to get a hold of them um the i believe nikki and her husband actually set off an alarm to like when they're trying to get into like I think the garage they said and they set off an alarm that they said would have been loud enough that it would have been able to wake somebody up from asleep and nobody in the house had reacted to this not the like the kids didn't react to it Shanann didn't react to it so they thought it was weird that nobody was reacting to this alarm going off in the house mm -hmm. The officer arrived on the scene and he began knocking on the doors, ringing doorbells, searching around the house, um, going through the backyard, looking in the windows, just kept pounding on the door, hollering for them, and there was no answering. Uh, eventually, uh, Chris arrived home, which was actually later than he was saying. I guess he kept on saying he was on his way home, but it ended up taking him longer than it should have i guess to arrive when chris arrived home he actually entered the house through the garage and when he did that nikki had well he actually was looking inside the vehicle and nikki noticed that the girls car seats were still in the back meaning that shenan couldn't have taken the girls anywhere because they were too young to have taken without their car seats Nikki and her husband entered the home, and Chris permitted for the officer to enter as well. Chris was looking around the house kind of very frantically, like if he was looking for something to, or, you know, if, if he was trying to cover up his tracks almost is what it looked like he was doing. Um, he first started looking around on the first floor before going upstairs. Now, shortly after he got upstairs, he noticed that the girls' blankets were missing. And these are the blankets that the girls take everywhere for comfort, you know, to take naps with and just to hang on to. Kind of like a little whoopee. Whoopee? Yeah. What it's what they used to call that. It's like a comfort blanket. It used to be called a whoopee. Oh, it's just their little comfort item. There you go. I've never heard of whoopee. A whoopee. Watch Mr. Mom. Old movie. Okay. The house appeared to be neat and tidy and everything was pretty much in its place. Nikki found Shanann's purse and wallet on the kitchen counter, and it still had her medicine in there. Um, she had to take medicine for these horrible migraines that she would get, and lately she'd been suffering from more of those migraines than she has in the past. So the, she was making sure that she was going to have that medicine on her because she started having a really bad migraine. Um, she left her wedding rings on the nightstand on her side of the bed. Um, the girls' beds were unmade, which was very unusual for her, according to Nikki. She must have made the beds every day. The sheets were missing off of Chris and Shanann's bed, which was also kind of weird. That's just weird in general. Not, yeah. not just an unusual thing for her, but just... Yeah, most people take the sheets off and, and put, fresh, put ones fresh ones on. You don't just 
leave them off and and they to... weren't like there like it was missing the sheet was yeah. there in the house right like, usually if you take them off they're gonna be the dirty clothes or laundry room or something yeah they were just gone um shenan's cell phone was actually found upstairs they have this little wall that's probably about four inches wide that separates from when you're going up the staircase to the upstairs kind of like a railing but it's like a solid wall barrier. like a barrier yeah so the cell phone was actually on top of that when they found it and oddly enough it was chris that found the cell phone and she is never without the cell phone. It's kind of like her lifeline. She does all of her business from her phone. She does all of her social stuff from her phone. So it's very important that she has this the cell phone on her at all times. And with having kids, I'm sure she had all the everybody's schedules on there. Everything yes. that everybody needed to all the have important done. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then they found uh, CC's EpiPen was still at the house, and they never left the house with it because she was so allergic to the nuts that they always had to have the EpiPen on her. Chris actually asked the officers if he should drive Shannon's normal routes, um, which he never did as they were, you know, still searching the house and whatnot. So um, Shannon would only ever really drive to the girls' school and like a couple of like friends' houses, but like they're friends that like they would know where they were and all those places were relatively close to their house so she wouldn't have went far at that um from she wouldn't have went far from their home which is kind of odd why would you say should i go drive around and look for my wife and children when they're supposed to be in a certain place and you can't find them so now you decide you driving around is gonna make it that much better and where like where are you going yeah where what, where there, they didn't have the car seats. Where could they have gone without well, car seats? They walking, would have had to have been walking distance. But with two little kids walking, yeah, you're not gonna get far. Yeah. Mm -mm. Nate, the neighbor, offered to show the police a security footage that he had picked up on his security cameras. Um, the officer, Chris, and Nikki's husband went to Nate's house and they watched the footage, and it showed Chris backing his truck up into the driveway and loading up the truck. Um, the sight lines weren't very clear because there's like bushes that separate their driveways. So the driveways back up, you know, they're touching each other almost, except they have that little tree line in between it. So they're very, very close and they pick up really good with the security camera. And as they're watching the, the footage, Chris seemed very nervous and preoccupied like he was on, playing on his phone it looked like he was almost like texting somebody or something and he was like pacing and being very fidgety and jittery and and just very very suspicious um after the footage was watched at nate's house chris told the officers that shanann was 15 weeks pregnant which why wouldn't you have said that at the beginning Right. The officers already knew that, but, like, why would you just, like, randomly mention? Well, because when he turned off the security footage being played uh -huh. on the TV, mm -hmm. so whatever that's called, watching the, the footage, yeah. when Nate stopped watching the footage, it came to, like, a preview that had, like, um, almost like an ultrasound picture. So I think that triggered him to be like, oh, uh -huh. yeah, by the way, she's 15, month, 15 weeks pregnant. That one's <laughs> a long pregnancy. <laughs> 15 she's 15 months. weeks pregnant. Yeah. So I don't know if that's kind of what I was thinking. It kind of triggered him 
to be like, oh yeah, by the way, she's pregnant. Forgot to tell you guys this, but I think Nikki already, you know, yeah, Nikki, Nikki already told that, that like, right Yeah, away. but I don't know why he didn't offer that information. Um, the officer sent Chris back to the house to deal with the other officers that were there, and Nate told the officer that Chris was wasn't acting right at all. He was just not himself. He's very fidgety. Normally, he was a very kind of quiet and reserved person and did not talk, and this is not how he was acting. So, Nate said he seemed very suspicious, and it wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't acting himself at all. On August 14th, Chris gave police descriptions of Shannon and their daughters at the police's request. Shannon's description stated that she was Five feet, five inches tall, 148 pounds with black hair and hazel eyes. Bella was 42 inches tall, 40 pounds, brown hair and brown eyes. And Cece, 37 inches tall and 37 pounds, blonde hair and hazel eyes. Flyers were distributed and police went door to door questioning the neighbors, asking for help in locating Shanann, Bella, and Cece. A neighbor did recall a suspicious truck that was parked on the street, and they thought that was the reason for the visit. But the truck, uh, the suspicious truck, had nothing to do with Shanann and the girl's disappearance. A media outlets also interviewed Chris, and sniffer dogs were brought in. The interview actually had to be moved outside um, while they had the dogs inside so they didn't disturb them um with their scent with their yeah you know, with the scent because they had them. to yeah mm -hmm. they didn't want them to be confused or disturbed and it's just easier if there's not a lot of scents for the dogs to pick up on the scents that they need during the interview chris stood on the porch with his arms crossed uh, swaying back and forth he didn't really stand still he pled for the safe return of his family and the media questioned him um he was the last person that had seen shenan and the girls alive yeah the interview that they have with them is just kind of surprising to me i mean he just there's no emotion there like if your family's missing i think that you would respond a little differently but i don't know everybody does their own they they deal with it in their own way but i mean he was at some points he was kind of like laughing and joking around it seemed like which if your family's missing it's that's very stressful i don't think you'd be really thinking about joking around it's probably not, but you like you said, you never know yeah. how somebody is going to yeah. grieve until you're, you know, in that situation yourself. Yeah, and even still with that, everybody's different. And yeah, exactly. Handles stuff differently. Mm -hmm. During an interview that took place down at the police station, Chris talked about how there weren't any sparks anymore in their relationships, and that this seemed to be related to the time that they were apart when she was down in North Carolina with the kids and he was up here working and in a sense it was kind of like they were separated like as he told his girlfriend Nicole that they were the family was separated so I'm thinking in his head that this is a he logical was trying way to justify it yes exactly mm -hmm. Chris continues stating that maybe Shanann thought that she caused this that maybe he doesn't love her anymore and maybe she should just leave and that way she wouldn't have to worry about it and and 
deal with the stress because it's, would be a stressful situation on somebody, especially when they're pregnant and you don't know what's going to happen with your future. Chris spoke of having this emotional conversation with Shanann that morning about their marriage. And the investigators asked Chris if he thought that Shanann took the girls and left. That would, you know, be something that maybe how somebody reacts to their marriage falling apart. Chris told them that she could have went somewhere with someone she knows or that may she may have been at someone's house um, so that she could decompress. The investigators asked if she could have been seeing somebody else and Chris said that he had no reason to suspect that Shanann was cheating on him at all. The investigator also mentioned that Chris was more fit in real life than he was in the photos that they had in his house. Chris said that he had lost weight. He went from 245 pounds to around like 180, 185 pounds. And the investigator insinuated that the weight loss may have been due to Chris cheating on his wife. Um, Chris denied that he was cheating on his wife. And the Colorado Bureau of Investigation contacted his supervisor to ask if they had been aware of any relationships outside their marriage. And the supervisor didn't um, really have any information on, you know, the employee's personal lives or relationships outside of. Right. And I guess in a big place like that, when you're working that kind of an industry, I would think that you don't get to too much involvement of knowing people's personal lives. Especially because they were clear, he was working at different sites. So I'm sure the supervisor wasn't like right, as as necessarily at all of the sites. Like, right. and if he was, he was probably just there, like checking, you know, on things. He probably didn't stay there the whole time. He probably had multiple sites that he had to check on right. throughout the day. Yeah, that weight, the weight loss he had, that was, that's a, that's a lot of weight to to lose and i don't know the time frame that he lost it in but i can i can see why the officer would be like well maybe you're doing this to impress somebody else you're trying to get somebody to look your way and it seems to be a common thing with like spouses that are cheating is that the cheating spouse tends to lose weight or their appearance often changes or they get like quote unquote hotter <laughs> On August 15th, Chris agreed to take a polygraph test, and Tammy Lee was the investigating agent that performed the polygraph test. She did indicate that it would be dumb for somebody to take the polygraph test if they had anything to hide or if he knew anything regarding their disappearance. The polygraph test was a set of questions that were asked three separate times. In the end, the three results would be compared to determine if he passed or not. During the polygraph test, Tammy had to tell Chris to breathe normal, that his breathing was all over the place. After a seven-hour interview, including the polygraph test, Chris told that he failed the polygraph test. Now, Chris scored a negative 18 on the test, which is pretty bad. Um, a score of negative four indicates that the subject is definitely lying and a score of two or higher indicates that somebody is actually telling the truth. So he was at a negative 18. That's just crazy. The polygraph test is not enough to convict somebody. However, it is used as a tool to help break people to get them to tell the truth. He continued to deny having anything to do with their disappearance. 
Tammy told Chris that they knew he was lying, that he just needed to give them the details of what happened. Chris, at this point, Chris still insisted that he had nothing to do with what happened to them and that he was hoping that they would end up coming home soon. Nicole went to the police after she had seen um, the news that said that Shanann, Bella, and Cece were missing, knowing that they were um, Chris's family. She told the police that, that she had a passionate relationship with Chris and that they loved one another. She also said that if he, you know, could lie to her about the fact that he wasn't separated and headed for a divorce with his wife, then what else was he lying about? She also wanted to help because she saw that Shanann was pregnant, uh, which is a fact she actually did not know prior to Surprise! this. You know, she said that, you know, Chris was a liar and that he, you know, just lied about everything. She realized that uh, their whole relationship was kind of one big lie on his part. One lie after another, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she confirmed to the police that they had met at work in the beginning of June. And she admitted that she actually had won her own family and was uncomfortable with Chris already having kids, although she said that she didn't tell Chris any of that information. Yeah, but he may pick up on that vibe from her. He may have picked up on a vibe or some, some little key word that she could have said that maybe he's like, oh, wait. Well, and they had um, an argument when on the 4th of July That's over the fact that he was putting them first. Was put, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it he could have still got the idea, mm -hmm. even if she didn't explicitly say that. Right. Chris finally admitted to cheating on his wife. The police had already talked to Nicole, so they already knew about this. They knew about their relationship that they had and for how long it's been going on for and the logistics of what, what the two of them been doing. Uh, Tammy asked Chris, did Shanann do something to the girls and you did something to her? Chris at this point asked to speak to his dad, Ronnie, who had already arrived to the police station um, he actually flew from North Carolina to be there with Chris during this time frame. The police also agreed to let Ronnie in if Chris would tell Ronnie what happened and, and what what caused this. Why why are, are they missing? Does he know anything about it? So Chris ended up telling Ronnie that he fa failed the polygraph test and that they knew that he had been having an affair. And Chris told Ronnie that Shanann actually smothered the girls that due to their conversation that they had in the morning. And Ron, Ronnie asked, did Shanann hurt the kids due to shock? And Chris said, yes. Chris said that he had to kill her as she killed the girls. Tammy and the investigator came back and said, um, all you have left is to tell us where they are. His GPS indicated that he left his house at 5.46 a.m. and drove 47 minutes to an oil site named Servi 319. He indicated that oil site is where he took, the, took Shannon's body and the girls. It was his first job site for the day, and the police actually brought an aerial photo in of the site so that Chris could show them 
you know, where he buried the bodies, he pointed out a mound of dirt, which he drew a letter S on to point out that that's where Shanann was buried. He also pointed to the oil tanks where the girls had been put into. The sheet that Shanann was wrapped up in was actually lying on the ground in the photo, so she wasn't buried in it. It was just out. Floating around, floating in the breeze. Just, you know, out for Flapping anybody to see, just leaving his evidence lying around. Mm. The investigator insinuate that Chris found a new life with his new girlfriend and wanted to get rid of his old life and that he, you know, did so by killing Shanann and the girls. Chris continued to insist that Shanann was the one who killed the girls. He was then taken into custody and processed and booked and all that. Most people in this situation, I think, wouldn't kill their family. I think they'd be like, okay, we just need to get divorced and get this over with. You Which know? he was telling his, his girlfriend about this yes. divorce. Why didn't he just get a Do divorce? It. Well, probably because the wife was pregnant, but why didn't he just... I don't know what he thought, honestly. I, I, clearly, I don't think he, he wasn't thinking clearly. No. Obviously. Uh, on August 16th, the bodies of Shanann, Bella, and Celeste were recovered. Chris appeared in court for a bond hearing at the Weld County Courthouse in Greeley, Colorado. On that day, evidence would be removed from the family home. And later that evening, a candlelight vigil was held for Shanann and the girls. The parents of Shanann actually attended that via a um, like FaceTime kind of thing. Somebody called them. Call. Yeah, somebody called them and they did the video call with the people so that they could be there since they physically could not be there. On August 21st, Chris had an arraignment hearing and Shanann's father, Frank, and her brother, Frankie, were in attendance during the hearing. Chris was charged with a total of nine counts. He had five counts of murder of the first degree, one for Shanann and two for each of the girls as they were both under the age of 12. He also got three counts of tampering with a deceased human body and one count of unlawful one count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy. On September 1st, a funeral was held for Shanann, Bella, and Celeste at the Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Pinehurst, North Carolina, which lasted approximately 90 minutes. The priests read a statement from Shanann's father. You are nothing but pure love always caring for everyone. You will always be daddy's little girl. And Chris was never mentioned during the funeral. Chris was faced with the possibility of life without parole or even the death sentence. After continuing to claim that Shanann killed the girls, he finally admitted to it in his full confession at his trial in November of 2018. On November 6th, 2018, he pled guilty to all nine counts charged against him. Chris's sentencing took place on November 19th of 2018. Shanann's mom, Sandy, Shanann's dad, Frank, and Chris's mom, Cindy, all read statements during his sentencing in court. Chris's dad was too emotional to make a statement in court, so he actually had somebody else read his statement for him. And Chris declined on giving a statement. Judge Marcel Kopkow started Chris's sentencing by commenting on the case, saying that 
it was the most inhumane and vicious crime that he had handled out of the thousands of cases that he has seen. Chris was sentenced to five life sentences without parole, 48 years for unlawful termination of a pregnancy, and 36 additional years for disposing of the bodies. Chris later said that he may have killed his family due to pent-up anger against Shanann for driving a wedge between himself and his family. There were people on Facebook who also began analyzing every social media post with some some saying that Shanann drove Chris to murder her and the girls, among other hurtful comments. Shanann's parents were harassed and bullied so much that Frank actually ended up going on TV to plead for everyone to leave the family alone. That's sad. Very much so. Like it's very sad. They lost their daughter, and then they have to deal with their daughter and their grandkids. Yeah, their daughter, their grandchildren, their two granddaughters, and their future grandson, and then, and then they have to deal with these people coming out of the woodworks, having to having, be all ignorant yeah. and disrespectful. Sometimes it's just better to keep your comments to yourself. Ronnie and Cindy Watts filed a claim on the life insurance policy for Shanann, Bella, and Cece. Since Chris was unable to file the claim due to the due to the Slayer statue, and that goes to the next of kin. Now, the Slayer statue says that a murderer cannot retain a property interest in the victim's estate. Shanann's family also filed the claim for the deaths of Shanann, Bella, and Cece. There were three policies that were from the Zurich American Life Insurance, totaling four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which included. $300,000 on Shanann, and $75,000 on each of the girls. The ruling of this case has not been disclosed at this time. The Rusick family filed a wrongful death suit after the verdict was read, and one year later, on November 18th of 2019, the Ruseks received a $6 million settlement from Chris, which included $1 million for each death, and $3 million for emotional pain. As Chris will spend the remainder of his life in prison, they're unlikely to receive anything from him. The amount that he owes them will also incur an 8% annual interest rate. The graves of Shanann, Bella, and Cece all have the name Ruzak instead of Watts. Thank you for listening to Crime Night. You can find our sources on our website listed in the podcast description. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube under Crime Night Podcast. Please join us every other Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central.